attention, attention please. The Camp Ojibwa History Podcast is on the air. Hello and welcome to the Camp Ojibwa History Podcast. My name is Christopher Thomason. I'm your host for this and many, many more trips down memory lane. The Camp Ojibwa History Podcast is a podcast dedicated to collecting the stories, the history, the memories of Camp Ojibwa for Boys in Eagle River, Wisconsin, founded 1928. This week's guest on the podcast, Danny Hazen. Danny Hazen is a little younger than the average guest. Uh, he was actually at camp. Uh, my first year at camp was his uh, Cabin 14 year, which you'll, we'll talk about to some degree. Um, but that was a great bunch of guys that I liked a lot and uh, had a great connection with. And so it was a lot of fun to have Hazen over here and just talk it over. I will tell you now that uh, there is a story that he tells that is, uh, it, it's rough. I'm not going to lie to you, brothers and sisters. It is a tough one, and it's a little bit gross. And uh, you've—I just want you to know ahead of time that that happens. And I don't want to give anything away, but I have done some fact checking, and I believe that the story he tells um, was a situation that existed inside a bubble, didn't exist outside of that bubble. But I'll let you hear it. I'm just warning you. Be prepared. There's a tough story in here. <laughs> of course, before we get to that. You know what's coming. You know what's right around the corner. We are less than 30 days out from OJ90. May 6th, 2017. We are talking about a once-in-a-generation party for Ojibwa. This is only the third one of these in 90 years. And this is the kind of party where guys these days say, Oh, I was at the 50th. Oh, I went to the 70th. Well, now you're going to want to say you were at the 90th. So go over to OJ90.com. Check that out. Get your tickets if you haven't already done so. And if you're listening to this, why haven't you? Enough housekeeping. Here we go. Danny Hazen on the Camp Ojibwa History Podcast. Danny Hazen, 1995 through 2007, uh, year off in 98, and wait listed as a staff man in 2003. Thanks, Danny. <laughs> Were you? Did you not get in, or did you get late? Well, I don't remember. I got the email about you know sending in your contract. Like the deadline was like October. Sure. My freshman year of college, so <laughs> right. did not really know what was going on. The previous summer, I had an incredible summer as a second year JC with, um, I was in cabin 12. So nice. I emailed Denny and go, I can't really tell you, or I can't sign this contract now, but if you told me I could be in 13 with the kids I had last year, I'm signing right away. And <laughs> I think he took offense to that or sure. like I'm making some sort of demands. And, uh, cause at that point, first year SCs weren't in 13. So right. You know, sure enough, he couldn't promise that. So by like April, 
I think I said, I'm ready to come back. He goes, sorry, buddy, you're on the wait list. And that's that. And then 2004, I come back, and I think there were two first-year S season 13. So I was like, thanks, Danny. That's yeah. awesome. So. <laughs> you could have been the one to break the mold, but no. Right. Yeah, I think we've uh, we've even had a JC in there now at this point. But, you know. Right. No, I mean, good. times change. Right. No, it's all good. <laughs> so going back to the beginning, how do you uh, first come to Camp Ojibwa? First come to Camp Ojibwa, um, I had a friend who was going there. And then one of my dad's good friends from work had a son who went there. And I was really into sports. My older brother was going to Camp Shy. So I was ready to go to Ojibwa. Nice. Kind of got cold feet. Wanted to go where my brother was going. Went to Camp Shy. Um, bad experience in a variety of ways and so then I was just like let me do Ojibwa for eight weeks and that was it and Camp Shy was like a four-week deal so oh wow 95 that was it nice history nice uh so you do you get the camp call does someone come over and show you the videos yeah, so Denny and Sandy both came oh wow to my house with the projector I had a few other friends over with their parents and um two of them ended up going in 96, none of them came with me in 95, and um, Denny and my dad both, they found out they both went to the same overnight camp, Big Chief, so oh, like, wow. they kind of linked with that, I, that camp's long gone. Yeah, for sure. Believe, so. <laughs> it's a great camp name, though, I mean, Camp Big Chief, it is come a good on. Name. <laughs> nice. So you, uh, you you find out about Ojibwa. You already like sports. You go to this other camp, blah, whatever. You right. come to Ojibwa. You get on a Keishin bus, I'm sure, and ride all day. You pass weasels, and next thing you know, they're under the gates of Camp Ojibwa. What's the first thing you remember about your very first time? So this is <clears> – <throat> I'll never forget this because I tell people, you know, my Ojibwa friends I'm still in touch with, you know, there are certain people who can remember, like, every single event – that they played in from collegiate week, who they beat, who they lost, who was on their team. And I thought I'd be like that, and I'm just not. Like, I, you know, I remember what places I got. Sure. But my first memory of Ojibwa will never leave me. So, uh, you know, we get there. I think we, like, unpack, and maybe we ate first, and then we had, like, an early evening activity, mm -hmm. I want to say. And I had grapefruit softball. So... I'm out, and we were playing on the, like, far field two, I want to say, and, uh... So, oh, yeah, because in those days, they would play, like, nine softball games for the first event of right. the whole season. Everyone okay. just played softball everywhere. Right. Okay. So, I, I remember being on the far field. Um, you know, my coach did not, you know, I wasn't, I was real shy at that point, so, like, you know, he told me to go to left field. So, I'm standing in left field, and... The game just isn't starting. And I'm like looking around and I see a kid on my team just, he's standing on the pitcher's mound crying. And Benji Schwab, who is my coach, is, you know, kneeling in front of him. I'll never get this picture out of my head. He's like imploring him to please pitch. The kid wanted to play shortstop. Hmm. But Benji, you know, said, You're pitching. And it turned out it was uh, Andrew Kaufman, who goes by Rooney. Sure. So um, <laughs> so this was like a 20-minute or, ordeal. And I'm just standing in left field, and this kid, you know, my age is crying. And I'm like, what did I get myself into? You know, like, what's going on here? And then 
um, you know, after that, things were a lot smoother. And <laughs> the intent, you know, the intensity sure. of all the sports. Um, that was like the first thing because I think I had like floor hockey maybe the next day. Mm. Adam Willis was my coach, and you know, I just hit the puck. I was on, you know, we were on defense, and I hit the puck like in front of our net, and like this guy, like I might as well have like hit his mother and you know, sure. things like that. <laughs> like, never, you know, hit the puck out, you know, up the middle. And, but I, you know, I was, I felt like bad, but I, like, that's what I like, you know, that's what I like. So, um, yeah, so I, you know, I was homesick, I think maybe the first couple days, like downtimes, but mm. the sports kind of, you know, didn't have enough time to be homesick, right. I want to say. So. Yeah, you're bouncing from one thing to another. Mm. Uh, you mentioned Rooney. Let's talk about your age group a little bit, right. uh, f- just as a connection to me. So when I first came to camp, my first year is your 14 year. Right. And even though I wasn't in 14 yet, I automatically was doing a lot of stuff with you guys because the, of the play. Right. So the Miami play. So I, right away, I'm like hanging out with the 14ers I every do, night. I do have a memory <laughs> of that. And, <clears throat> and we're going to be pretty honest here. Sure. Absolutely. Okay. <laughs> Pull no so, punches, my friend. Okay. So I think... I think we've had a good relationship, me and you personally, sure. for the most part. But it it might have gotten off to a rocky start, and I know Elliot does not like me. Or you know, we you know, let me just say I think I have the longest running record in Camp Ojibwe history without a stag invite. Like I'll put my <laughs> years on staff up against anyone, and I think the root of that is the Ojibwe Maramita play. What the first or second week of. Yeah, it's like first four. right away. I mean, it you know, first, third, second, third night or something, we're getting started. Right. Yeah. So, you know, at, you know, it just, that wasn't my thing. So sure. I remember, I think, like, either you or Ellie was like, everyone's going to have a line. And, like, you know, as a 15-year-old asshole, I was like, no. And so I think you appeased me by not giving me a speaking line. And then, like, in the first or second rehearsal... Um, one of the Maramita girls, like, you know, when you guys were going through the lines, like, and I'm just sitting off on the side on one of the benches in the rec sure. hall with, you know, whoever, maybe Rooney. I don't think Rooney had a line either. Um, <laughs> so this girl messes up her line. And I just, you know, just to, for the benefit of my friends in my cabin, I'm like, what the, you know, this means a lot to me. Like, you know, you got to memorize your lines. And I know... You didn't appreciate that. <laughs> the um, Maramita counselors certainly didn't sure, appreciate that. Sure, and I that think I reasonable. was sent back, and Elliot didn't. I think I was sent back to the cabin. You know, just like, you know what? You're not in this, you know. So that's pretty reasonable. You mentioned off the play. Like, that made me, like, I always thought I was like, that definitely got me off to a bad start with. Either you or Elliot or sure. both. So that's very funny. Well, yeah. well, no ill will stuff no, no, from no. that. I will tell you. Right, of course. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so you guys were like the first uh, sort of older campers group that mm. I had, and you know, everybody likes the older <clears throat> campers. You want to be cool with the older campers, right? right? Um, so tell me about who are the who are the guys in your group? Who are the guys you started with when you first show up in your first cabin? Okay, stuff um, like that. So, you know, I'm sure you've gotten into the. I think you did with show versus the OJ politics or whatever. Sure. So I was always in the quote unquote other cabin with the kids who weren't from Highland Park. You know, I was right. from Glenview. My best friends my first summer were John Holtz, Eric Zach, Jeremy Rubens, and um, I think that, you know, those, I, like, I had like a crew of like, you know, sure. those kids. Um, Holtz and Eric Zach went for a couple more years and then they stopped. They were both from Chicago. And then 
Jeremy moved cabins, I think in like cabin nine or 10, maybe. I can't remember, but, and then I was with them all in 13 and 14, and I grew very close with guys like, you know, Jeff Mersky, Lee Bagan, Adam Weiser, Scott Matazar. Yeah. And those were kind of my, nice. my guys are still my guys. So. <laughs> right. so you come in, you're a young camper now, are you still uh, dipping shower, dipper shower and all that kind of stuff no, at that I point? Mean, is that? No, shower houses, yeah. mess hall, It's just lake house. starting to get it. more like it is today. So. Right. There is no rec hall shower, but yeah. Right. Weighted meals. You're not doing weighted meals every meal. It was lunch and dinner. I don't think... Maybe a buffet once a week. Yeah. Breakfast was not weighted. I know that. Nice. My first summer. So it's really starting... At that point, um, your camper years are when it's really starting to transform into what it is now. Like, very similar right. to how it is Yeah, now. you know, I don't know. You would definitely know the year... Because you used to only be allowed to go eight weeks, Right. Right. I don't know when that changed. It was right around that time. I went eight, but I know we had kids who came second four only. Um, yeah. There were, uh, for a couple of years, they did it where your very first year, you could come for four weeks only, first four only, if you wanted. Okay. But it wasn't like the program. It didn't become the program until Asher and Shovers, mm-hmm. sort of that period of time. So you're right, right around the same time. But when they were in cabin one... I right. think is right when that started. Yeah, no, I did not start in cabin one. I was in cabin six, I should say. Nice. So you were already a little right. older, yeah, two years under your belt. Right. We had cabin four and five in my age group as well that summer. Going through, who were the guys um, talking about being your, in your uh, cabins? Who are the mm-hmm. counselors who really stick out for you? Guys so, that you really hit it off with. Right. And, th- and that's another little funny story is because I didn't really know if I was going to go back to Ojibwa. Hmm. You know, I had a fun summer. Um, my collegiate week was, it was, I, it was fun, but we were not good. And it just like, I remember my coaches were really, you know, just pissy like any other coaches when they're out of the week and all the older guys were so like, it was just a weird vibe for me. Like, I didn't know if I liked that or not. And my counselor, Jordy Gansudis, I don't know if you've heard that name in these podcasts. So he's a, um, he was my favorite counselor in the cabin that year. Um, I also had Robin Jaska. He was a nice sure. guy. Um, but Jordy wrote in, like, the Ojibwe Warrior. Like, they handed them out, mm. I think, like, the second to last night of camp. And he wrote. And he's like, see you next year. So, like, I took that as, like, oh, well, Jordy's going to be going back. I was like, let me just go back to camp because Jordy's going back. And sure enough, I get off the bus in 1996, you know, head on a swivel <laughs> looking for Jordy, nowhere to be found. But a blessing in disguise that next year I had a Ari Lurie, um, Gil DeGan, Snower. Um, so I had, I, nice. Ari was one, is one of my all time favorites. Um, he was only there, I think, for a few years. Um, but yeah, so those were the counselors. And then, um, I had uh, some other ones that stick out. Uh, Josh Walreich, um, that was in cabin 10. And that was a weird summer. Um, we had like two kids get kicked out of the cabin, hmm. um, out of camp, I mean. And th- that's why I skipped 98, because I had an awful summer. Oh, wow. Just because we had like, ba- there was like five one and done kids from California who were just, they weren't like good kids. They were just like punks. And, and we had a kid... I'm not going to name names. I remember his name, but he's from Barrington, Illinois, who, you know, got in trouble a ton, and then he got kicked out of camp. Wow. And it was just a bad, bad 
summer because you know i had fun playing sports but like in the cabin was a disaster because like right. just it wasn't a good mix of kids and so i took the next summer off to do a teen tour i get plenty of grief from my Ojibwe <laughs> friends about that and we could get into like how that kind of screwed me over sure. in the following years at Ojibwe <laughs> for like years to coach the week and right so um yeah those concerts stand out and then uh cabin 13 i had genzer genzer i would put if I could build a statue of one Ojibwa person, I'd build it of Alex Genzer. Nice. Now, would um, that statue be wearing clothes? Or yeah, not? <laughs> it would. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, that you know, just I, I, and you know, I was tight with a lot of the staff who were coaches, but not in my cabin. And um, that was one thing that was so much different than Cam Shy to me. And like I had forgotten about Cam Shy probably the day after I got home. Sure. But one of the reasons I hate it is because you're just, like, with your cabin, and that's it. Like, you're not even really – you don't really get to meet other kids in other cabins oh. or even other counselors. You know, you don't even know their names. They don't know who you are. Wow. And one of the things about Ojibwa that I used to love is just, like, you know, it's kind of just like this big meld of people. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it really is and, – and purposeful – Al Schwartz, mm-hmm. but the way that the the campus is set up, where they all all the cabins sort of face toward each other, right. the bench, the main diamond, that is really purposeful. And I think it's one of the real magical things about camp because it really does open all the doors. Right, and you know, no matter what cabin you live in, it's cool if you go into another cabin, mm-hmm. go talk to a younger kid, older kid, whatever. Right. Like, so that's definitely a big. Except for cabin thirteen, I right. think one of the first, <laughs> um, my first summer, one of the first few days when I was homesick. Uh, Understood. So find or I would be able to get a coke. If I delivered his packages for him. So like one of the first few days, you know, it's for, I think Jordan Glickson was the kid's name, like in cabin 13, I like literally just set foot. It was like during cabin cleanup, set foot on the, they're like right before the door. Cause like 13 has undergone huge addition since then. Um, And like four 13ers came, you know, storming, like what the you doing you know <laughs> get out of here you know stuff like that sure so I just dropped the package and ran that's um, fair but yeah so one through 12 is kind of you know in and out you could do whatever you want yeah now you're coming in you're doing sports uh what's your favorite part of the day i mean like when you're a young camper running around what are you loving the most um it's a tough question because i think my memory is jaded so i had six years on staff so that's like my memory is jaded about like what my favorite part of the day was as a camper uh, i used to love um basketball is my favorite sport um, butter stroke i believe yes yes always that's just a god-given gift i mean i don't know what to tell you sure uh, anyways um i loved rec period mm. um i used to because they used to you know, and I'm not one of these guys that's like, you know, back in my day was, you know, the instruction. Or <laughs> but anyways, um, they did have like, they had baseball. Oh, right. Like hardball, right? Yeah, hardball. And I loved baseball back in the day. Um, so I play, and Lurie was a baseball guy. I don't mm. know if he played or what, but he like did the baseball. And so I used to do that. And then I also love trip day. I remember I used to always sign up for the three on three tournaments. Nice. Um, and that was just like real fun because you would like the teams, depending on like how many kids signed up, like sometimes I'd have, you know, when I was in grapefruit, I had a kid from pineapple on my, mm-hmm. team, you know, so it was just like real cool. Um, and it was competitive. And so 
Yeah, because a lot of the trip day stuff isn't really competition stuff. It's more, right. you know, go kayaking or take a hike or something. Right. Um, and three on three is one of those things that you still and right. sometimes but it, get a trip. You know, as a staff man, I think I heard I think Shover said the same thing, and it's got. I mean, if I don't know if you can quantify it, but the time in between dinner and early evening, I used to just go perch on the white chairs, and like that is bliss for me. Yeah, you know, because and when I I haven't visited in a while, but when I visited. Uh, in 2012, I think that was the last time I was there. Um, you know, I just, when I had gotten there, it was like right around that time. I just perched myself there. There's 10 kids who, who had no clue who I was. I had no clue who they were. And I just started shooting the shit with them and like, you know, asking them. Cause I came up during the week. Oh, so perfect. I was like, you know, just asking them all though, you know, like, you know, who's choking, who's doing well, this, that, and the other thing. So, um, you know, it was just the, like, no, it was like I was there all summer. And yeah. So, it, it like, that's always been my favorite part of the day for whatever reason. But as a camper, it was all sports-related. Nice. Staff man, a little opposite of that. Well, uh, you mentioned the, the week, so mm-hmm. let's get there. Okay. Uh, first of all, as a camper, did you win the week? No. I got second place. Shovers was – that's the mm. last podcast I listened to. So, I don't – you know, I know you say you – this will air – Right, twenty. Times. I have a little like, bit of a lead. Twenty more people at, in between showers and me. He was on Harvard, right? Right. The team that cheated. I was on the team that got cheated. <laughs> Air Force. <laughs> Air Force ninety six. Sure. A um, lot so of I, controversy. A right, lot so, of controversy. So I came in. We came in second in that one, and then when I was in cabin fourteen, um, we came in third by like I think twelve and a half or thirteen and a half, and uh, Matazar was a captain. Um, our SV was really, really, really uh, underachieving. And if we just even go maybe 500. Oh, wow. Um, so, like, that's a really tough pill to swallow. And um, I don't shoulder any of that blame. I'll put that on Matt as our. So. <laughs> well, I, I will say you were not hindered by the, your stunt because that stunt that year, I mean, that's on the top five right. list for me all the time. I mean, it's got to be uh, – I got to lead the league in, like – laughs per seconds on stage because i think <laughs> i don't know i i probably did have a couple lines um but that little donkey kong grunt for whatever reason like i because me and matt is and i think like tj and Domon who are the coaches yeah like they probably helped write it i can't remember um but like there were other parts of that stunt that i thought were hilarious like i did not think that would like be the but whatever so it's one of those I'll things. It's it. one of those moments that if you we were going to make like a, a 90 second sizzle reel of yeah. all of camp stunts, <laughs> you'd have to have that one grunt in there. It was yeah. perfect. That's honor- honorable. Yeah. So uh, TJ likes to take a lot of credit for that. So uh, wh- whoever gets the credit, I, fine. And I will take credit. <laughs> um, I don't know if it was the first stunt kicked off stage, but in 1999, <laughs> I was in cabin 13. I don't care what anyone's. And Matazar picked me again in that. Year, it, which is great. I loved playing with Manager. Sure. Just put that out on the record. Now I will bust his balls. But, oh, plenty. You know, we were very, <laughs> we were very close. Um, so he picked me. Uh, Gil DeGand and Brandon Ash were the coaches, and they picked, um, let's just say, not a good team. We were real young. This was before Elliot's rule that the first rounder is number one on the team's age list. Oh. So I was the oldest um, on the team. In cabin 13, so um, Gil and Beaster, which is uh, Brandon Asher's nickname, um, 
that had nothing to do with the stunt. So it was me, Matazar, and then Corey Eisenstein, who was our second rounder. Um, we wrote the stunt. And if you leave the stunt in the hands of a bunch of kids in Cabin 13, right. it's going to be uh, raunchy. And, like, you know, I'd like to think that my humor's matured a little bit. Um, <laughs> but it was... I don't even know if I want to say like what we did, <laughs> but I will say, um, Adam Korn, who was Elliot's right hand man from when he was in cabin, f- whatever five maybe. Sure. He was doing the spotlight, which I don't get how that's legal because he's on a team. So we had a very specific scene with an innuendo, and it was like the first scene of the stunt. Look. The backdrop is we've got four guys in a dorm room at college, and each guy was like a parody of one of the staff members at camp. Okay. Not going to say which four. Sure. So something happens, which is an innuendo, and I told Korn, I was like, as soon as that happens, shut the spotlight off. Because like at that point, it's just a spotlight. There's no other lighting. It's just like gotcha. black. So I'm like, as soon as that happens, shut the spotlight off. So, uh, you know, scene goes, bang, innuendo, spotlight's still on, the two kids start improvising. Oh. Elliot from the back of the rec hall, turn on the lights, like, <laughs> get off the stage, <laughs> stuff like that. Sure. And, you know, sure enough, kicked off the stage. That was 99, but I, I is much, I, I really don't toot my horn, but I will say I did write that scene. That was all me. So... Uh, Donkey Kong, good. Penn Stunt, nineteen ninety nine, bad. So you got to take the good with the bad in life, which is something I've. That's learned. fair. Now, as you become a staff man, do your uh, collegiate week? Uh, do you do any better? I suppose is the word. Well, let's see. I finished. Victor <laughs> took me second. Or, or excuse me, Victor took me two years in a row, and we finished second both years. Although it's deceiving. The first year was Notre Dame who clinched before stunt right. night. And then Indiana was the next year in 2002. And we actually had a good chance, but Princeton pulled away. We lost like eight team events in a row down the stretch. Mm. Um, brutal. Just absolutely brutal. And and Ozzy was a juggernaut. I mean, you just couldn't you couldn't keep up with yeah, Ozzy, let's so be honest. That's, so that's Ozzy winning, <laughs> Ozzy winning the week. Um, it, there's a story, too, from the first year and scott sang won the week in 2001 that's funny I, i've talked to him a few times and i feel like he's mentioned it yeah, every time he yeah. has mentioned that <laughs> a little caveat to that was his parents who i love george and eileen were visiting camp and for whatever reason scott thought they were doing jc picks after rest period so george and eileen took him and gordy out to lunch oh wow and they didn't come back. JC picks go down. Scott got the seven. So, like, they pulled all the things, and they were like, we're just going to wait for Scott. I don't think they went out on the pontoon. Oh, they might have, like, done it somewhere else on campgrounds. But either way, um, I see Scott saying crying on campus because he missed it all. And he said, he came up to me, he goes, you should be wearing green. This was before... The stun mm-hmm. picks were even like announced. So I was like, "What the, you know, what does that even mean?" Right. And then like I get picked, and uh, sure enough, you know, he ended up with Gordy. 
Um, but you know, that's always like a good what if. Hey, if Scott didn't miss JC yeah. picks, I got a <laughs> collegiate week championship under my belt. But so those two years, second is a JC. So then in 2003, the year I was waitlisted, right. I don't, you know, obviously I'm not coaching. Come back in 2004, despite having more years and a couple coaches, that grandfather rule if you coach year before, shut out. <laughs> And it's good because I I love that the staff was just filled with like former campers who had, you know, 10, 11, 12 years. So I'll take that, I guess. So um, 2005, same deal. Can't coach. 2006, I could be in a hat. And 2004 and 2005, I loved not, you know, I refed SV hoops and my team event, like just great foresight i immediately called for timer and score field hockey during team events so great move sit in the chair uncle dan's collapsible <laughs> chair with a megaphone um so i just love not being involved in the week you know all my friends who are involved in it i could see you know if they're out of it you know miserable it's just it's an amazing way to end camp sure if you're not in the week so 2006 comes around and elliot's like all right there's gonna be like five names in a hat um for like one or two spots and I was like all right I was like I really want to be back in the week but I was like I don't want to get my hopes up and then just like because if my name doesn't get called at that town meeting it's like the entire second four is ruined for me sure period it's it's brutal it is brutal so I made the call to just pull my name from the hat and take it out and then 2007 my last year I was finally a head coach and uh drafted or not drafted um selected david lake and is my assistant who totally dropped the ball with everything and uh <laughs> we finished eighth so nice good job eighth or ninth. good job lincoln um, <laughs> who was your who was your first rounder uh jordan reisner oh yeah nice. so yeah. And this is a nice little factoid too for all the historians i gotta be the only coach to draft my first three rounders all division one athletes jordan reisner Brown football. Second rounder was Ben Sampson, Western Michigan football. Sure. Third rounder, uh, Michael Fleming, who's currently the starting point guard at Dartmouth. Um, and just to follow that up, what that equals is eighth or ninth place in collegiate <laughs> week. So. I mean, it also might be the biggest three guys ever drafted. Once Fleming was little at that yeah. point, but yes, Ben, I ben mean, Hughes. Ben and, and anyone, Reisner had come back and he was joked. Like yeah. he's 16 years old. He's the size of a man. All of a yeah, yeah. So that nice. was a uh, interesting week. I mean, I kind of had a, I was not <clears throat> happy at all, you know, out of the week. We had a good start. Um, things just didn't work out. You know, I obviously picked a crap, not crap. The kids are fine. Um, I just didn't put together the right team with like sure. how I think a good collegiate week team should be constructed. <laughs> so I right. totally dropped the ball with all that. So, um, you know, it's just hard, you know, it, you know, I was also going, I was 23 or 22. I can't remember. 23. So I was like, there was points at that summer. I was like, okay, I know it's for a fact. This is my last summer. Like, you know, you know, just some point you're like, okay, let me try something else. Right. So I had those emotions and feelings of like, I'm done with this place. Sure. Not like I hate it, but I just like. No, the, it's, it's a real like a uh, journey. I think that to, to make that separation, to right, know so, you're making that separation. Right. So I'm like, all right, so this is my last summer. And then, you know, getting swept, losing a team event, 
gets, you know, maybe win uh, one event, maybe JV or prep, and then gets swept again. You know, so it's just like a bad, bad thing. So, like, I had a weird, weird taste in my mouth at the end of that camp, and um, it, it, I harbored, like, it's like I'm embarrassed to admit I harbored resentment to a lot of the kids on that team. Like, I was real tight with Reisner. He was my camp for, like, two or three straight years. And I'm still very, you know, we still keep in touch, sure. so it's cool. But honestly, like, maybe the year or two after that, if I even thought of him, my blood would boil. You know, he threw, and I'm sure he could have fun with this now, in our football game, he threw two interceptions, one of which literally was a shovel pass to the other team, like, from me to you. And me and Chris are sitting about three feet from each other. And there's no, you know, so like just little right. things like, and that shouldn't have gotten me upset or made me resent him. And then uh, there's another kid too who was on that team. Uh, I don't even know if I should. Hey, let me say it. All right, so <laughs> we don't have to name him if you don't want. No, I do because it's a good, a good ending. So and I hope he's listening. Uh, so Dylan Hendricks. So Dylan Hendricks was on. Uh, let me. Just, I'm just gonna go all out. Who cares? So. <laughs> So me and Lakin are walking around. This was before we picked the teams. Okay, so just fucking around with Lake and I was like, you know, we're walking by the floor hockey rink and, you know, whatever age Hendrix was, um, grapefruit maybe at that point, yeah. 2007. So I just see him and he like fires this wrist shot. And it's like you have to have some sort of skill to be able to fire a wrist shot and like has some zip and it carries. And... You know, Lakin had this moronic scouting style where he like, you know, the one through five thing, which sure. I think is outrageously pointless. <laughs> so, um, you know, you either know a kid's an athlete or a good teammate. You know, you just need to watch him for a little. So I see Hendricks fire this wrist or that, like goes the whole court. I go, what do you have this kid uh, rated? So like Lakin's like t- two or something. And I go like, he's at least a three and a half, you know, jokingly, you know. Seriously, but sure. also like you know, the Ojibwe thing to me is like it's all like lighthearted and fun, contextually at its core. But like I like to be an asshole, you know. Like you're you're just playing the game, and like yeah. it's all part of it. Absolutely. So I tell Lakers like, like at least a three and a half. So we're in the war room, and it's like late. You're not too late. Uh, don't worry, Dylan. You were not a hat pick. I swear on my life. <laughs> I could say who our hat pick was. Can I say Yeah, that? sure. Okay, we'll get to that yeah, in a second. Absolutely. So so anyway, so we're later in the draft, and, you know, we pick Hendricks. Because, uh, you know, at that point, you know, you're just kind of picking kids for age or, you know, if you think they could help in a certain spot. So we picked Dylan. So the week happened, you know, he's no standout. Let's just say that, which is fine. I was not either. Sure. Um, so he's no standout. So, but like after that week, it's just like I always remember, like fuck, like I whiffed on you know Dylan Hendricks, you know blah blah blah. And then you know fast forward, professionally, I you know was a full time prep sports reporter, and it was in this area, the Central Suburban League, mm. and I'm at GBN, and I hear like who's in, you know this that and the other, and it's Dylan. And so immediately I was like, oh my god, and but it turned like it turns like. Yeah, ended up having a great relationship, like very personable, and you know, it was all love after that. And like, I know he's a huge Ojibwa guy and like huge proponent of camp. So, yeah, once I learned that about him, it was like any 
ill feelings I had about that collegiate week are kind of erased. Um, so whenever I see him, I always just think of that floor hockey thing. Like, no, he's a three and three point five. So, um, <laughs> the real last thing about that draft. Um, when I was Victor's assistant, this is one of the things I learned from Victor. Um, he made me pull out of the hat. So like if I pulled the kid out of the hat, I'm to blame. So like he, sh- right? So that's a dick move. Right. Well, <laughs> let's, let's be clear. <laughs> both years I pulled Ari Losoff out of the hat. And at that point, Ari was two. So right. that meant, that meant I did, go- that meant I did good because I did not pull anyone out of the hat. Right. So 2007, I'm in the war room and I'm like, Lakin, you're pulling out of the hat. And so draft goes through, hat pick time comes around. Lakin's nowhere to be found. And Elliot's barking my name. Sure. Like Florida, like or else you're going to get a player. So I pull out of the hat and I pull um, <laughs> Grant Annixter, um, who was, who was Lakin. He was, it was his first summer. He was like oh. barely functionable. I mean, right. he's a nice kid now, I'm sure. I sure. But Recent chief of the Braves. Really? True that, okay, well, good to, <laughs> that's good to know. You know, right. I totally turned, turned out okay. Right, of course. So how is he like, what is he, he's a senior a, counselor He'll be now? a second-year junior counselor this Christ. year. So Lakin was in cabin one that summer as a counselor. And, you know, for whatever reason, Grant decided early that summer that he was going to hate Lakin. Like, <laughs> that was just like his thing. Sure. So I pull Grant out of the hat, and it doesn't really, you know, whatever. doesn't mess up our age list, and who cares? So we're starting the forming of the teams, and Reisner, I, you know, Reisner is our first rounder, so he goes to get our youngest kid. And we're by the Warrior Courts, and Reisner comes – you know, he's running back, struggling, carrying Grant because Grant is refu- Grant's like scratching and clawing and crying at Riser because he doesn't want to be on Lakin's team. So anyway, so I go to Lodi like after forming of the teams because like it's just an awful way to start your week. The whole drive back from the war room, I was like, I wanted to punch Lakin's lights out for leaving me in the war just because we pulled Grant and I knew that Grant hated right. David and at that point I don't even know if Grant like knew where he was in on earth right, right? Like he's like, know, six like six or something right. yeah, absolutely so, yeah I mean I totally get it any I was like anyone's like that at six so he's scratching and clawing I go to Lodi as like a last ditch like kind of Hail Mary like hey man like he's refusing let's just like keep him out of the week he's not going to be on our team and Lodi's like absolutely not um he's going to be on the team so yeah that was that's about it for my bad collegiate week memories <laughs> so yeah that was, that was my run then after 2007 I was done with Ojibwa. Wow. quite a quite a week run as yep. it were <laughs> but there are other things that you uh you like to camp, obviously. Yeah, of course. Uh, no, we I, mentioned the studs. Now, did you take part in any of the, of the other stage events at camp, like the Jubilee or any of that stuff? No, no, no. Cause, I, oh, because Elliot, right? Well, no. Even <laughs> before that, I mean, like, I didn't have a singing voice, so you know, I don't even think I tried out for the Jubilee after, like, you know, I think I just skipped it. That's fair. Um, I think I might have done a play my first year. 
second for because I knew they got to go to town for trip day. Oh, yeah, yeah. At that point, we had, um, and I won't say a kid's name, um, we had him in our cabin, which basically knocked us out of contention for honor cabin every week. So I never got to go to town. So I think I, like, signed up to be in a play maybe my first summer, second, it was either my first or second summer just to go to town, kind of an extra. But... um, yeah, no, I, 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 that's it. I mean, the stunt stuff, yeah, I, I didn't get to flourish in 13 because we got kicked off stage within 30 seconds. Right. Um, didn't have a speaking line my first three summers, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. You know what? You were there for the, uh, the Frank Levy plays. Do you remember that guy? I do. I only do remember that name because of Matthew Kornblatt. <laughs> Absolutely. Right. Like, that's the perfect Frank Levy. Right. It doesn't matter if you yeah. ever met Frank Levy. Matthew right. Kornblatt's version was perfect. Yeah. Right. That's really funny. I was just thinking about that. I, for- I totally forgot about right. that. Right. You know, I see, like, I don't think... <laughs> it wasn't Frank Levy who did the play that I went to Right, right. There on. were other... There yeah, was other Before people. that. But mm-hmm. Levy was there for three or four years, and his right. whole thing was he had a system where every kid could have a line. It was his, it was built that way. Right. So he had like 100 lines in the show, and either two kids had 50 lines or 50 guys had two lines. Right. I wasn't involved in no. that. No. no. That wasn't my thing. Uh, so talking about your moving into your staff year, mm-hmm. so it's JC and an SC, uh, and now you have the added benefit of sort of the after hours entertainment part mm-hmm. of the show too. So going, did you go out a little bit? Did you a little bit. hang out? Were there? Yeah, a little bit. Where was the place to go at that time? Was it in-laws? Stuff? In-laws. Yeah. Well, my first couple of years, my first two years at JC was uh, the old in-laws, which I think is like the loon. Last time I drove up there, it was like Loon Lake yeah. or something. It's for, uh, it's for lease actually. Uh, it's, it's just waiting for an old Ojibwe okay. guy to come open it for the summer and make $50,000 and then go right. home. <laughs> um, yeah. So that's kind of the only, and then the bowling alley. We used to go to the mm. bowling alley every so often. Um, that was about it. I mean, I was not a big, um, nightlife guy sure let's just put it that way sure well you probably like to be in the cabin hang out with the kids yeah that's why i won honor staff um first week my first year jc last night at pre-camp adam gerson came up a day early um i was a counselor in cabin 10 and he's just in his bunk and i'm like getting ready to go out like all the other counselors were like gone i was like is anyone staying here and he, I don't know. So I was like, oh, like, bang up job, Benny. Like, just leave this kid in his cabin. So Little did you know it was a test for you. Right. Yeah. So I stuck around. I just hung out in the cabin. And a couple of the counselors, I think, recommended me for honor staff. So got a couple honor staffs under my belt as well. And then sure. uh, Cody Brown shot me down for, I think, my third. So I just want to put that on the record as well. <laughs> Nice. Uh, any ill will with Dakota Brown? No. I mean, <laughs> no. Of course I not. mean, he, I don't have any, well, I, I'll say this, like I have a very, you know, I don't know if you know me, I have a, you know, certain type of sense of humor, but like, I honestly don't hate anyone in right. the world. There's like one person, eh, two, maybe three, two people that I gen, <laughs> that I genuinely hate and I won't name them. Dakota Brown's not one of them. I nice. like you know, you know, he he brought a certain element to Ojibwa, which I appreciated, so that was fine. But he did shoot me down because, like, one of on my nights out, I wouldn't go out. I'd go into Cabin 13 and play um, Family Feud on Super Nintendo with Todd Goldner and, uh, I think, Elrod. And, you know, 
Cody, for whatever reason, didn't like that. So uh, I got recommended for honor staff for my exemplary work in my cabin and on the fields because that's what I do. And he shot me down. (laughs) That's funny. As a staff man, were there uh, who were some of your campers that you really got tight with? Um, I mean, I I was tight with, (laughs) I was tight with every cabin I had. Like, I I think I had a good rapport and like, I understood like what was fun and like what, you know, where to draw the line. Um, and then there was only one group and like, I was, uh, like the age group with like, um, Oliver Hera and Brian Frankel. I was their counselor for two years in a row. The second year I was with them, things kind of. Teeter tottered just because you know, uh, let's just put it this way. Um, (laughs) they liked well, they didn't really respect anything or anyone, and I didn't, you know, I'm fine with that. I was probably the same way, but I knew, like, you know, if I could tell a tone of a counselor, like, if once they got to a certain point, if they're like, you're not getting food tonight, because like. Um, you know, by that point, this was 2006. Yes. 2006. Um, food runs were like, you know, it's as common as water at right. this point. Right. Like my first summer at camp, um, that we never got one food run. And actually my dad's work friend's son who went to Ojibwe, he's in cabin 12 at that point. Um, he brought me a cheeseburger from McDonald's from their cabin's food run. He's like, yeah, he's like, I'll hook you up all the time. And sure enough, a week later, he got kicked out of camp because <laughs> he snuck him and like three people snuck out to Maramita. Wow. So anyway, so like food runs were like at this point, like, you know, everyone's getting them. So like, so like it was like, you know, a certain group of kids. I had fun with these kids, but like they got food every night from these different counselors and um they were not the best behaved kids on the field, not even in the cabin. So like sometimes like Denny or Lodi would be like, yeah, this kid did this. So one night I was like, you guys aren't getting food tonight from so-and-so. And they're like, okay. And sure enough, like I go into the other cabin like that night and they're eating food. So I um, go and, uh, you know, just completely wreck their areas, you know, clothes everywhere strip the beds mattresses everywhere and they come back in and uh one of them was like you know hazen what the you know what the fuck and i was like oh sorry i tripped and you know they were like oh can i trip in your area i was like please like i'd love for you to trip in my area you know (laughs) so other than that like that's honestly the only like bad uh not it's not even bad it's it's the only time there's like a contentious thing right. between me and campers yeah and well, you had to career. kind of be a hard ass a little bit right you know, just be like hey come yeah, on no but i think if you pulled all the campers that i was a counselor for i think i'd get good reviews maybe uh i'll vouch for it uh and i have photographic evidence and it's and it's because of your exemplary work at the socials um, because I definitely have got both video and photo evidence of mm-hmm. you just killing it on the dance floor yeah, no, at the socials. And that was at a time when, you know, it was hard to get anybody out there. Yeah. And, and one exuberant staff guy could really make right. a change. No, so was, I like that stuff. Big stuff. <laughs> yeah. I, I do like to cut a rug every once in a while. Sure. Heading towards wrapping it up, there's usually two questions I ask everyone. Mm-hmm. And so one, uh, I'll let you have a little time to think about it. I'll ask you to tell me one great story to sort of finish things off. Okay. Um, uh, but before that... 
So you're a grown up now. Mm-hmm. You've had real life grown up jobs. Mm-hmm. You know, paid your own bills. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm certain at some point. Yeah. Uh, looking back on your life up to this moment, mm-hmm. how would you say your time at Ojibwa affected that? Um, two of my best friends in the world are Ojibwa, made from Ojibwa. Um, and the other thing too, which I learned that I think stuck with me, um, was just kind of learning how to deal with different people. I think I joked with you my last summer about a late evening activity, like name that personality disorder for like, (laughs) you know, just because, you know, you grow up like... I grew up in Glenview, small, smallish town. I mean, sure, not like a hick town with like three people, but you know, you have the same people around. So it's like, just by dumb luck or coincidence, if you don't have a bully or a prick or anything like any spectrum of kid who isn't in your town, like you're not going to know how to interact with them as a youth, like kind of when you're impressionable. So at Ojibwa, I think one thing that's always stuck with me is there were all different types of, you know, personalities and all different types of like just people. I mean, let's not get carried away. It's not like this big melting pot of diversity. Sure. But there are different types of personality. That's a great way to put it for sure. There's a bunch of different types of personalities that I wasn't accustomed to. Um, before Ojibwa. So I think like just throughout my normal life, I think one of my redeeming qualities is that I can almost get along with anyone. Um, and I think that's from Ojibwa for sure. Um, and then the friendship stuff too, the competitive stuff. I don't, I I was competitive before and I think I would have been competitive, you know, after you know if i never went to ojibwa like i think that's just like human nature some people are like that some like you know when you're three like if if, i don't know if you deal with like a little kid if they lose in checkers are they going to throw the board and start crying or are they just going to move on and start playing with the next toy like i'm sure i was the one throwing the board and crying refusing you know wanting to play again so i think the competitiveness um and like being a teammate and stuff like that i think I don't know if I would totally credit Ojibwa with that, like, because I played sports growing up and um, outside of Ojibwa. But I, I think just kind of interacting with different type of personalities is uh, something that will stick. And then the friendships, too. So Nice. Well, I think on that note, we've reached our end. Mr. Hazen, thank you so much for your time. I appreciate this it. This has been fantastic. <laughs> All right, cool. Nice.